Our outdoor stories are certainly meant to entertain, but they also at times can elicit emotion. At least I hope they do. Last fall, we spent a couple of days in Goose Camp with a band of brothers, a story that filled hearts and actually filled bellies too. Mike Hedke wears a bunch of different caps on Band of Brothers Outdoors trips. Among them, that of the pit boss. Today, Mike shares his passion for the Band of Brothers and the mission that group perpetually serves. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Hey everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. Okay, Band of Brothers Outdoors. I've seen the social media posts and have heard about the group before, and I knew we'd eventually shoot a story on the group for Minnesota Bound, but I wanted to understand the mission. So last fall, we headed to the Goose Blind, really a pit of pretty epic proportions up in Fergus Falls. And Mike Hedge, he's a pro staff member of Band of Brothers and the pit master or the uh, smoke boss, whatever you want to call him. But Mike wears a lot of hats for that group. Um, and I want to sit down with Mike and better understand what the Band of Brothers and the passion is all about. Mike, how the heck are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm a little insulted because you mentioned just before we hit record that you have walleye swimming literally just yards away from you. Well, coincidentally, I'm looking in Ontario across the Rainy River now and thinking I might have to sneak down and try my luck this evening. It's that time of year where the snow and cold come. Does the river stay open behind you? Where I'm at, yes, it's never safe ice. We can have what appears to be ice in the morning and whitecaps by the evening. So it's never safe here. And in all the years we've been here, I've seen two snowmobiles go by and I had the phone in hand and 911 on speed dial. I believe <laughs> they made them. it. You never yeah. saw them come back the other I direction. did not, <laughs> but I never saw anything on the news. So I assume they made it. All right, so you and I share some quirky sort of passions. Um, we love to camp. We love to fish. We love winter camping. Uh, and we both like uh, to stand in front of a smoker, although you are much, much more accomplished than me. But several years ago, you had started talking about the Band of Brothers. And kind of like I said up top, we... We knew we'd always shoot a story, but I want you to talk about what the Band of Brothers is. Everyone's heard of the Hollywood, you know, production, and of course there was a 
real life Band of Brothers, but you guys have brought the name back to life here in Minnesota. We have. Uh, our organization started in 2015 by a couple of veterans. Uh, their names are Jared Teeley and John Venable. And it's kind of a crazy start. They were two guys that had never really met that got together on social media and were trying to get together to help a fellow veteran get a portable ice house one winter. And they made that happen. And just through a quirk of good events, Band of Brothers Outdoors is the result of that chance encounter. Uh, they grew the organization on that initial success. And we are today a fully authorized 501c organization, which we acquired in 2016. Um, I heard about the organization right after they started through a mutual friend who's also a veteran, and he works with another group. And I had been reaching out to him um, looking for a veterans organization that I could possibly help out with. I was shifting my volunteer opportunities and time away from a lifetime of scouting. Both my sons are Eagle Scouts. My oldest is a retired Marine. And they valued the program. I saw what it could do. But quite honestly, I'd been in it for enough years and my boys were all done. The last one got the Eagle rank and I felt okay stepping aside. You never really leave scouting but you can step aside. Mm -hmm. Hence, I had more volunteer time available. And I reached out to Nick and I said, hey, I know you're working with this group. Do you do any outdoor things? And he said, we really don't. But there's this new organization I heard about, and it's called Band of Brothers Outdoors. And I looked him up. I reached out to him. I said, hey, this is me. This is what I want to do. I'd really like to do some winter camping trips with some veterans. Well, let's just say that wasn't really a well-received introduction because the next thing I heard was, what do you mean, camping in the winter? Are you nuts? Well, right. here we are. So basically, I invited myself to a whitetail hunt that we were hosting and went down and decided I was going to help out. And that was my formal introduction. I showed up and I said, this is me. I'm here to help. What can I do? Uh, fast forward to this year, we just completed an epic goose hunt back at pit properties. I personally can't wait to see the footage. I understand it was a once in a lifetime hunt. Um, so if we can circle back to our organization a little bit, um, our mission statement basically is outdoor recreational therapy. We want to reach vets and active duty and give them an opportunity to come together with like-minded individuals where they can sit down in the blind, in the fish house, in the boat, around the campfire, in the hot tub, around the fireplace, around the dinner table, and sit down and have the talks. I personally am a civilian. I can't have those talks with these men and women. As much as I have empathy, I don't know exactly how to have those talks. What I like to call myself and our organization 
we're very good at enabling. We make connections. We get people together. And then the magic happens on its own most of the time. Um, our goal is to get about 100 veterans or active duty into the outdoors on an event every year. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when we first started looking at what our mission was going to be, we decided right away there was already enough quality organizations out there doing this type of work. We wanted to set ourselves apart and be different. Our goal is to run a small amount of five-star events and have the event be the takeaway. We started out like everyone else, loading veterans down with the swag bags and all the donations from the sponsors, and that is nice, but we felt our hunts and our fishing trips and our camping events were epic enough where we didn't need the swag, and we found we didn't. Now our swag bags usually consist of goodie bags for the kids. And, and one of the things that stood out, Mike, in the story we produced, which, by the way, people will be able to check out on uh, Minnesota Bound's YouTube page here pretty shortly. One of your guys said, our goal is simple, to put the veterans who show up out front, give them a five-star weekend, and let them know how important they are. That struck me. Oh, absolutely. And that that sums it up very well. I mean, we want the veterans and active duty folks to show up to the event, feel welcomed, not burdened, and basically have as low a stress experience as possible. From a standpoint of none of our events are ever any cost to the participants, the only cost would be getting there. And if there's ever like a license or anything required, the one thing we cannot do on events, and this is across the board, we can't loan you a firearm. And that's just the legal side of it. But mm -hmm. that's, those are some pretty small hurdles. And we have, you know, some ideal numbers in mind for costs per participants. But at the end of the day, if we've scheduled a week somewhere, and we have a lodge book for a week, and on three of those days, we only have three people show up. Well, the event still happens. We just need to figure out how to fill those other seven, eight, or a dozen chairs. Um, we want to do high-quality events with people who are best matched for our events. We do individual phone interviews with all of the people ahead of time. We establish a rapport. We try and get a relationship built with the people beforehand, not just have them show up and that be the initial greeting. And we've found that to be a much better business model than just throwing it out there to the masses and any and all comers. We feel it's more effective to serve our, uh, our people this way. And the feedback we're getting, I think we're doing all right. Well, I think the feedback you're getting is is top-notch. Um, Justin James, who joined you guys in the pit, of which we'll we'll talk about what a goose pit is, and specifically the one you guys are in. But, you know, he talked to us saying, look, I came as a stranger. I felt a little uncomfortable coming in. But by the end of the weekend, 
I was part of the band and I have these friends now, people I can talk to and get back outdoors with, right? That's goal accomplished. 100%. And that same statement is what keeps me really excited along with the other reasons that we just keep people coming back or relaying comments as they felt at home. I think we're doing okay. You know, we, we have all these conference calls and meetings and emails and staff pages and comes down to, we just need to keep doing what we're doing and reaching more people and continue the mission. That's all we need to do. We've got a great support team. We've got a blessed staff. I'm blessed to be involved with this team. We're small, but we're really good at what we're doing. And we have a group of sponsors that allow us to do these levels of activities and trips and hunts and all of that. Without that, we couldn't do any of it. Well, I need to paint a picture a little bit here. Obviously, uh, we're, we're sitting here chatting podcast style, but the story we documented late fall up on the prairie of Fergus Falls, um, this epically beautiful lodge cabin, right? Where you get together, um, and then you guys go out in darkness to these goose blinds to hunt. They're like no goose blind I have ever seen. It is like a house underground. Pretty much. I must <laughs> admit, the first time I walked into one of their pits, I was, in fact, it's on film, my reaction. Um, yeah, they're pretty epic. Uh, imagine, imagine a storage you know, one of those 40-foot storage containers underground like a bunker with 12 holes and heat, lights, electricity, phone charging stations, individual chairs. Uh, let's see, either a full-size range or a four-burner Blackstone and some of the finest guiding staff you're ever going to find. I mean, you walk down, the coffee is on. There's probably donuts there, or Duncan is frying up fresh ones. Right. It It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And I've seen some days in those pits where the birds are falling from the sky, absolutely falling from the sky. And I've spent days in the pits where we've come up scratch. But the beauty still happens and the magic still happens. In fact, the down days, a lot more conversation happens. So... It's a win either way. The the that, game has always been a bonus, in my opinion. All right. We need to thank a couple of sponsors, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the conversations. They're poignant, uh, and it's the therapy of what you guys do. Mike Hecke is my guest today, a man of many hats, part of the Band of Brothers Outdoors crew. Uh, I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. You are listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. I want to thank all the sponsors who help make the podcast happen each week. Up first, our good friends at Connecticut. You know how much the Shirk family loves Connecticut water. We have it in our home, and this summer we added it 
to cabin life and what a difference, you know, for as long as I can remember, we dealt with that sour, stinky, foul cabin water. It was just part of the environment, right? But after a four hour painless installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make coffee before fishing in the morning. We have great drinking water right out of our K5 tap. The laundry no longer smells funny, and the Connecticut water cleaned up our showers and dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, a shout-out to the Minnesota Propane Association. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years while electric heat pumps only last about 14 years? And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat in your home. Why buy two heating systems when propane furnace can do it all? Lasts longer, works better, and costs less. These things and more are being done today with propane, the right energy right now. And a big thanks to Hewitt Docks. Hewitt Docks Lifts and Pontoon Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Rolla Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic Rolla Dock or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. Okay, back to today's tale. Mike Hedke is joining me from the North Woods, and we are talking about Band of Brothers Outdoors. Mike, you are a pro staff, and you are um, the camp chef, the pit boss. Before we get back into the blind and talk about some of the therapy of what you guys are doing, (laughs) the first thing, People walk into this epic lodge uh, for this goose hunting weekend, and here you are in the kitchen just going to town. And I giggled a little bit because you were working on these cheesy biscuits that you were getting ready for this meal. You're a guy who loves to cook. Like, Where does that come from? Well, I firmly believe I miss my calling. Um, I should have went to the kitchen for work rather than grabbing a welding rod and a diving helmet. Um, I had so much invested into that education, I had to see it through. And now I'm not doing any of it, but I still love cooking. You're Um, cooking. I have to make, you know, give the thanks to my, my mom. She gave me the run of the kitchen from the time I was old enough to stand on a stool in front of the stove. And we did the same thing with our boys and just said, look, you got to be able to feed yourself and you might as well eat well. So I grew up in a family cooking and I've always enjoyed it. And I know few things that will bring people together other than a nice meal. And if you add a fire to that, that's primal. You can bring people together and, just one of the things we like to do on our events and I really enjoy doing is dragging the barbecue trailer down and doing some pork butts and barbecue beans and all of that, you know, the 
the also ran meal that I can guarantee is going to be good. You know, it's not that I can't cook other things as I know I can make that one fly. But so I, wa- I watched you a couple weekends ago at uh, a, a rather large camping rendezvous, what's called the winter camping symposium cooking for 200 people with the smoker. But you get to do the same thing with Band of Brothers. But now you're cooking for a small, intimate crew. And and maybe this sounds a little bit thick, but you're putting a lot of love into those meals for those people. Is, is, is it you saying thanks? Is it you just trying to be good at what you do? Like what, what drives you in the kitchen? Because you're all business. All of the above, really. I mean, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And that applies to a lot of things. But for me personally, we have to eat. Why not eat well? Um, I don't know about some of the aisles in the grocery stores, and I'm talking about the frozen foods aisles. I don't know what exists in those. So I carry that passion into all of my meal prep, whether I'm cooking for my family or you know, our friends winter camping or at the Band of Brothers events. But you hit on something that is an ingredient that's missing a lot of times, and that is love. Um, Your reasons, all of the above, I think it's one way that I can show my gratitude um, and just saying thank you. And more importantly, to let these men and women know that we care. There's someone out there who will listen. And if we can help, you know, bring a better day into your life by coming out hunting, fishing, camping, mushroom picking, taking photos, whatever, if we can facilitate that, our mission is is done. But obviously, suicide prevention is our primary goal. And from a personal standpoint, we may have talked, you know, outside on this, but I got a big W right out of the gate and it was a big boost in my confidence. And when I say big W, I mean, when I had a veteran who became a dear friend tell me that my work and the organization saved his life. And Mm -hmm. if you've never had anyone tell you that, it's quite moving. And yeah, it was a big, okay. Now we've got more work to do, and we've just had another recent big success story. So all those little things, which are actually huge things from their eyes, that's what keeps us going. You know, I, I get chastised constantly by the board because if you look on our Internet, anything on the Internet, I do not exist in the organization. Um <laughs> And that's not because I'm lazy, but I am. Um, they want me to put my bio on there. And I'm like, dude, I'm not in this for me. you know. And that's just me. I need to do it, but it's only been years now. So I'm going to see how long I can push it before they put one on there for me. Um, like they've done for other organizations. So, Well, people know how to see you. First off, the beard and then the apron and... I'm not, hard to, I'm not hard to kitchen. find. No, yeah, I'm not no, hard to find. Listen for the voice. And Look for smoke <laughs> and fire and 
Weird and music, the line, and you'll the find line of people. Me. Yeah, the line, usually a hundred or less. You know. <laughs> so you get out into the blind, and the veterans relax a little bit. In the case of goose hunting, right? There's downtime um, in between birds, but it's never quiet. People just start talking, and it's not about the white picket fence at home or what you're doing last week it's it's the stories it's it's the, the talks that dark only stuff vet- at yeah. time right yeah yep and and i've been a part of groups um where that talk gets pretty intense and i've had buddies say look i can only communicate with somebody else who experienced the streets of Fallujah. Uh, unless they were there, nobody can relate. Nobody can understand. Nobody can really listen. But when you get those like minds together, the talk happens. And maybe that's where yep. some of the therapy is, right? That's where a lot of the therapy is. And I've witnessed it countless times. Uh, last year at Pit Properties was a classic example the folks would get back and if they were out in the blinds that day, we, we changed things up a little, but it doesn't matter. They're getting to spend more time hunting. Now we have less numbers, but more time in the blinds this year. Anyway, they would get back, get their gear. If they didn't take it in the morning, I would have the evening meal prepared. So they'd walk into whatever. If you came the last day, you got potluck because there was always leftovers, but it was good and smoke cream cheese and all of that. But I'd get them all fed, get things tidied up. And usually by nine o'clock, my job is done. I make a lap around the lodge, say, if you need me, I'll be in my room. Turn the lights off when you go to bed, coffee's at five. And that's when they can sit around the table and just talk. What they talk about, I really don't know. And it doesn't matter because we hear how good the night was before. So that's where we're at with that. And I do know from feedback and from research and what we see, just getting like-minded people, especially veterans together, it allows them to have conversations about literally anything because truly only another veteran or active duty can know what that person is truly talking about and communicate on that level. And it's back to the enabling. I'm a civilian. All of my primary support staff, my guys and my gals, we're all civilians. So we just have to be really good at enabling, putting people together. Now, does that mean everybody? Yeah. Does that mean everybody's going to get along always? No, absolutely not. But we pride ourselves on vetting all of our participants and making sure everything is a good match for them. We might not be the right organization. We don't know, but we have to interview people. And that's where we stand out. We, everyone is personally interviewed. We, I mean, we kind of know these people before they show up and we're trying to get better with that all along. A classic example was my winter trip last year when I had a female veteran, what a little fireball, show up 
And she was maybe 96 pounds, maybe. And I know her pulk weighed a good buck and a quarter, but she sucked it up. So little things like that, we need to do a little better job to figure well, out who we've got coming. And I think the important part of your story is the where. Yes. People are sitting together and they're talking, but they're not in an office. They're not in a classroom. They're in a very loose, wonderful setting outdoors. Absolutely. And I think maybe that's the point. Well, it certainly, it certainly seems to decrease some of the barriers that we all put up. Because let's face it, it's pretty hard to not be happy when you've got honkers raining from the sky and you're getting good food and you're warm. And it always seems to be startup, you know, one guy will be the talkative guy or one gal. We, we try and do as many ladies only hunts as possible. And one person will start talking. And, you know, by the end of the day, we've got anywhere from two to three to four just little discussion groups and the banner back and forth and numbers exchanged. And I wish I knew the magic that truly happens because we would capitalize on it. But time and time again, we wake up from a hotel stay and I went to bed at nine or 10 and come to find out some of these guys were up talking till four in the morning. Mm -hmm. Well, it must have been good talk because they had to be up at six. Right. So if we just keep continuing to do that, get these people together and also let them know that there's help out there if they need it. You know, we've, we've got a, uh, We've got a mental health person. I call him on staff. He's never been officially on staff, but he's on speed dial. If we've got somebody in trouble, I know I can give Jeff's number out and he'll answer the phone 24-7. So we've got people like that with us. We've we've got a good support group and some great sponsors. Um, All right. Speaking of sponsors, we're going to thank a few more for the Minnesota Bound podcast. And then I want to talk about what's upcoming and how people track you down. All right, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. You're listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast. The stories behind the stories. My guest today, the pit boss and pro staffer at Bander Brothers Outdoors, Mike Epke. Hey, um, there are a bunch of great supporters of the podcast up first the minnesota historical society and some news to break there the minnesota history center is now presenting sherlock holmes the exhibition step into victorian london and explore the world of sir arthur conan doyle's word world famous detective you can learn about the powers of observation deduction and science while solving an interactive mystery. Kind of sounds like fun. Visitors can also try hands-on gadgets and experiments based on real forensics. See how Sherlock Holmes and the stories have influenced real detectives and also pop culture. Open now through April 4th. Learn more at mnhs.org slash SherlockMN. We'd also like to thank our partners at North Dakota Tourism. It's time to plan your fall hunt in North Dakota. 
Get this, with an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks, North Dakota's central region is prime habitat for hunting waterfowl. In fact, right now, the state's breeding duck index sits 38% above the long-term average. And the water's up, too. The spring water index is up 616% over 2021. That's a good thing. Now, when you consider that North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting, guess what? You've got an outdoor oasis. For the latest information about public hunting lands and private land open to sportsmen and women, visit North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit LegendaryND.com. And our good friends at StarBank. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Remember FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Okay, we're talking Band of Brothers Outdoors. There are a lot of great organizations um, um, saying thanks to veterans, getting veterans outdoors. Sometimes it can be hard to figure out, you know, who's maybe legit and who's not. Um, I think you guys have done a good job of just cementing yourselves. How do people, how do people find you? If somebody's listening and says, this sounds like something I want to do, or it sounds like fun, where do they go? What do they do? We're really easy to find, Bill. Our website is bandofbrothersoutdoors.com. And if you just search Band of Brothers, you're going to get the movie. So you got to make sure and add the outdoors. And I believe on Instagram, we're Bobo4Vets. So B-O-B-O, the number four, and then V-E-T-S. Or if you just search Band of Brothers Outdoors on Instagram. I will say I am not a huge social media guy. I deal with Facebook, and that's about it. But I know we're on both. And... I can send you some contact information. You've already got our links and mine. Um, I always tell people out there that our phones are always on. You know, I mean, if a veteran out there is listening and needs some help or has questions, my number's out there. We have a lot of exciting things coming if we want to talk about that. Our next. Well, of course, that's uh, a fun part biggest. of this. You guys started yeah. with hunts. You went to fishing, winter camping. Like, like you guys are getting people outdoors. Absolutely. Our next big event, well, it's a big event for me, is our annual winter camping event. And we've changed it up a little this year. We're moving to Bearhead Lake State Park. And we will be there uh, 12 through 15 January. And this is a true introduction to winter camping. Our first trip out, 
was a guaranteed success. We had a hand-picked crew of both participants and volunteer staff. It had to go well. And we had went in pre-COVID worldwide. We came out and eight days later, the world was on lockdown. So we truly came out to a different world, which we still talk about. Took a couple of years off for COVID, did a trip last year and decided after some of the things that came to the surface, what we talked about, about 90 pound people and 120 pound sleds, we're like, eh, we need to do this in a true introductory form because my idea of an introduction in the real world might be a little different, but <laughs> I'm a type two addict, so I like being miserable. Anyway, we're going to be there for those days. We'll have multiple camps set up. I've got all of the electric sites reserved. We've got a load of firewood being delivered. We'll have breakout stations where all of the participants can get a taste of winter camping and what it's about. And also show the folks that if you love camping, why not camp in the winter? It's pretty dang easy. It's easy yeah, it's, to stay warm. It's not painful mm. at all. No, if it was, I'd be doing something else. <laughs> I like comfort. That being said, you can be comfortable cold camping, and that's a discussion for another day. However, that's our next big event coming. Um, following that is probably the most important event for us, and that is the annual Ice Castle Owners Group Gathering, commonly known as ICOG. Now, for the people that don't know what ICOG is, if you have a wheelhouse and it's an ice castle, you're in. Um, it is brand specific, unfortunately, and I will say they don't plow the non-ice castles in too deep and will usually unplow you after the event. <laughs> uh, true story. <laughs> They've decided they need to be a little more kind to people that want to come and help out. Anyway, that is our largest fundraising event, and that's down on Red Lake. It's always the last weekend in January, and I know it's on the uh, Ice Castle you know, websites already. And there are raffle tickets for the event, uh, and we... We, meaning Band of Brothers, have been fortunate enough to be partnered with them as the beneficiaries from that event for a number of years, us always planning on it being our last year, and they just keep inviting us back, and the people keep coming. I mean, it, it is so heartwarming to show up to an event and see anywhere from 500 to 800 people and literally hundreds of fish houses show up for us. That's yes. the only reason they're there. All of the things that happen are for us. The drone That's shot a beautiful, is pretty ridiculous. Like, oh, my gosh. It is. There, there's a YouTube video on one of the big ones, and it's pretty moving. However, that event and the ticket sales and all the beautiful people and that bring their families and take vacation to come and support us, we know by the emotions that are there and by when they pass the hat or an extra thing goes up and the money keeps coming, 
we know that people really believe we're doing well and want to support us. And with that money, we can have these epic adventures. Why do you think the support for veterans has changed? When you and I were growing up, it was very different, right? It certainly was. The post-Vietnam was. protests, it just downright yeah, ugly. Yeah, it was. And, that, and now I mean, we all want to 60s. save these. Right? Well, it's long overdue. Um, my philosophy or my take on it is we've spent our entire time as a country making warriors, and we're really good at it. We're probably some of the best in the world. What we've never been good at is bringing our warriors home. And I think and I hope and I pray that society is starting to realize that these are our brothers and sisters coming home. We need to welcome them home. And overall, I believe from all the research I'm doing is society is waking up. The medical field is waking up. There's more studies with psychedelics and all of that. So I think we're on the cusp of something really good happening. And our little contribution, and it's small compared to the scale of things, but if we can reduce that number even by one, you know, we're losing, if you follow the facts, 22 to 23 veterans a day and active duty. And that number has to change. Mm -hmm. And thus, organizations like Band of Brothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trying to put people into a safe, uh, engaging environment and have some good come out of it. And also just say thanks. Right? That's why we're covering the stories. Absolutely. The way I know to be involved is to share the tale. So it is, it is. And we, we don't say that we're right for everyone because quite honestly, that would be a a bad blanket statement, but we feel we have enough varying opportunities that we can find something or they can find something. We have ice fishing. We have summertime fishing. We have a big event on Mille Lacs every year. We have a sturgeon fishing event on rainy river. We have winter camping. Um, I'm told we're hosting a spearfishing event this year up here by my vice president, and apparently I'm involved, but I haven't been given any details yet, so that (laughs) should be interesting. Thanks, Jim. We have satellite support, other resorts, outfitters, guides that basically have taken the reins and said, I want to help out X number of vets a year send me these many people and we'll make sure they have a good time. We've got some ancillary folks out there uh, in Wisconsin. We've got a trout fishing venue where I believe we take like a half a dozen vets over and one staff member just to make sure everything is taken care of for needs. And they put on a world-class trout fishing event. We've got people over in Devil's Lake who take guys and gals out fishing. Um, Bad River Bucks in South Dakota, our prairie dog uh, lodge, they help us out with a turkey hunt every year. We'll send one veteran on a freaking potential for two legs of a Grand Slam hunt 
All they got to do is write an essay and they win the hunt. So we've got organizations like that out there who are helping us where we don't have to be as involved, but we know that they're getting a quality experience because they've all been checked out. And usually one of our staff will have gone to the venue and gone through it all and maybe done a hunt or a fishing trip with them. So we never send anyone into a blind, like, oh my God, we've never been here before. We know nothing about it because let's face it, surprises are better saved for birthdays and Christmas. The mission of Band of Brothers, quote, to get our veterans and active duty members outdoors to experience the benefits of recreational therapy. Mike, thank you. Sure appreciate the insight today. It's been a pleasure and look forward to seeing you again. Bandofbrothersoutdoor.com. I'm looking at the uh, page right now. Outdoors, plural.com. So there you go. That's the story of Band of Brothers. You can check out the story we produced for Minnesota Bound on the Goose Hunt on the Minnesota Bound YouTube page. Mike, thanks again. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Uh, Appreciate uh, everyone listening in today as we share the stories behind the stories. Hey, a bunch of great sponsors help make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen each week. We want to thank our good friends at Connecticut, the Minnesota Propane Association, Star Bank, Hewitt Docks, the Minnesota Historical Society, North Dakota Tourism, and Grain Belt Beer. Until next week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm-hmm.